The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle at a total combined weight of 471 pounds, Casey Cage, Chad Jackson, Riker, Lale. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage. And I am Chad Lale, Jackson, Riker. Uh, we thank you for joining us this week, and we thank all of our uh, faithful listeners. We've been getting great feedback on uh, the new uh, the new beginning of the podcast and the new format, and how we're uh, how we're doing things and going through the Bible study and just talking about you know things that uh, the Holy Spirit leads us to talk about. So uh, I'm I'm enjoying that feedback, and uh, Chad, I'm sure you are as well. Absolutely, man. I got a bunch of buddies that, that tune in and, uh, you know, listen and, and they've had nothing but good things to say. They just kind of like how we let the spirit lead it, man. And we're talking about godly, uh, like last week, we just decided to talk about fatherhood, being men, men of God. And they just enjoyed the, I don't know, just the truth that we brought and, uh, the fact that we're letting the Bible, you know, be a big part of it as well, man. Cause you got a lot of, you know, podcasts out there to kind of steer clear of the good news that is the gospel. And I think we're, we're not doing that. Oh, definitely not. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the main, the main theme of, well, I can say uh, my life and your life is, is, you know, Jesus is number one. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, it's the main things that I talk about is, is Jesus and family and wrestling. So, it, it, we just kind of molded all into one here. Yeah, wrestling for Jesus, bro. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we left off. We finally finished up Acts chapter one last week. And uh, this week we're going to begin in Acts chapter two. And I guess we uh, get the privilege of talking about one of the most controversial subjects in church history. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm I'm really excited. This is a an area that uh, I'm I'm wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I, I'm pretty studied up on. It's something that I've always uh, really been interested in, and uh, I've just really searched the scriptures and studied into it a lot. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. You know, it is uh, definitely. Um, like you said, a controversial topic, I guess, for the church, some churches today. But for me, um, the, the, the Holy Spirit that's speaking in tongues has been something that I've been around since I was a kid before I was even saved. So uh, it was never weird or strange to me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you have to say today and uh, just kind of diving into it, brother. All right. Well, let's do that. I'll begin reading here in Acts chapter two, read a few verses here. Uh, Beginning at verse one says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. There it is again Mm -hmm. with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Right on. So, you got to love. You got to love it, man. You got to love just the, uh, you know, the Acts, I think we touched on it before, is the, 
I got a, a little footnote in my Bible that I wrote, I think when I started studying the book of Acts about it being the birth of, you know, the church, the birth of the Holy Spirit being poured upon these disciples. And then, you know, they realized that what Jesus has promised them and what John 15 about sending the advocate, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, the coach, man, that, that, you know, they would be able to do all these things. So go ahead. What were you going to yeah. say? Uh, it's just uh, these are these have been uh, four such impactful uh, verses. I remember uh, when I first started going to my church uh, that well the church that I was I was previously a member of uh, before the Lord led us to to leave uh, there a couple of years ago, but it was 2012, and uh, I at my, my parents, uh, shop, I was in there and the pastor of that church, uh, I wasn't going there at the moment. I'd just been saved for a, a few weeks. And, uh, but it was during this time that the Lord kept telling me there's more, there's more. He kept leading me through scriptures like this. Uh, I would, I would randomly open the Bible and it would fall open to places like acts two and, and, and all the different places, first Corinthians 12, first Corinthians 14 and several different places throughout the Bible that that's just talking about the miraculous things of the Holy spirit. And, uh, I'll, I would walk by him as he's sitting at the table. And, and, uh, this is a Baptist pastor at the moment uh, at the time. Uh, yep. and, uh, so it kind of caught me off guard. He's got his Bible laid open to acts chapter two. <laughs> and, uh, and I was just aggravating it. And, and he said, uh, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm reading and studying for my message Sunday. The Lord's leading me to, uh, to teach and preach on Acts chapter two. And I said, and like I said, people don't get offended out there. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but I, I said, I said, you're a Baptist. You don't talk about Acts chapter two. <laughs> oh man. What do you say? He said, uh, he said, well, uh, actually, um, I am this week because a few weeks ago I had something take place in my life. And, uh, the Lord's leading me to tell people about it. And so, uh, you know, little, little did I know at the time, uh, he had recently been baptized with the Holy spirit and, uh, in a, in another service and it just had an amazing testimony, but you know, that's what, uh, really the spirit of the Lord led us to start going to that church because I was like, Hmm, I got to go, I got to go listen, see, see how they're going to be trying to portray this thing, you know? And I I went and, you know, he let it all out and, uh, I was, I enjoyed his preaching and and we stayed there for, uh, five or six years. Like I said, till the Lord led us to leave a couple of years ago, but. Yeah, man, dude, like it reminds me, you know, you, you telling that story. I talked to Dr. Brown. And if you, you know, if you've listened to Dr. Michael Brown here, uh, just a cheap plug for his podcast, you know, we're doing a crossover, but you know, yeah. line of fire, it's Dr. Michael Brown. And he's just, uh, you know, been mentoring me for quite some time. And I spoke to him about the whole tongues thing. It was something, you know, a couple months back, he prayed with me and, <clears throat> and it's something that I've been using in my prayer life. And then it's that prayer language, but it was something that even I grew up, I mentioned earlier, you know, when I was 12 and 13 and the pastor would be, you know, preaching revival, whatever it was. And he would just go off and speaking in tongues. And at the time I didn't understand it, man, but 
it's something that, uh, you know, this Baptist preacher you're speaking of may not have been open to at the time because he, he thought that it was the like Old Testament way or whatnot. <clears throat> but as you talked about in first Corinthians 12 and 14 and uh, yeah, maybe 15 as well, uh, Paul speaks about the speaking in tongues and it's still relevant today. Um, I believe it's the same power, you know, that lived in the disciples that still lives in us. I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't, it's not like he aged over 2000 some odd years and decided, Oh, I'm not going to pour my spirit into the believers. Like, no, like these fruits of the spirit, these spiritual gifts, man, like we all have this. And it's, it's really, it's still relevant today. It's still fresh today, just as fresh as it was, you know, the first day that the disciples were being poured into. And I think it's just a matter of, are we as believers open to accepting the fact that the Holy spirit is not a thing or an it, but a person living in us. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's what I think that's good to hear, man. Like the Baptist preacher, that's a good one though. Uh, but it's so amazing to hear, you know, and I know it's changed my prayer life. It's really has. I feel like it's a more intimate kind of thing with the Lord. Um, I know you can probably understand and then mm-hmm. comprehend that, but so yeah, man, dude, it's, it's the real power. Yeah, definitely. And and one of the first places that I recall this being mentioned is in Isaiah chapter 28, uh, verses 11 and 12. Isaiah uh, prophesies and says, for, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing yet they would not hear. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and Paul ends up going on over into first Corinthians 14, uh, when he is teaching or, or uh, exhorting the Corinthian church about tongues and prophecy and, and the, the gifts of the spirit. And he quotes that from Isaiah. Uh, so, you know, Isaiah this he was hundreds of years before Jesus uh, was even born on the earth, and right. he was prophesying that this would come. And so it's it's something very important for us to to really dig into and understand. And I, I don't know if I've ever told the story really here on the podcast, but you know I grew up uh, in a in a Baptist church, and uh, you know it's nothing against Baptist. It's, it's just, there's some, there's some people who have been taught that the gifts of the spirit and, and the miraculous, uh, they no longer exist. And if that's the only doctrine that you've ever set under, and you have, you have never been, uh, open to studying into it for yourself or, you know, really seeking the Lord for these things, then you can only preach what you know. And so for me, uh, when I truly gave my life to the Lord at age 26, you know, I would, I would get up every morning, uh, coffee and Bible, still the same routine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I would read, but I was running into a lot of these, like Acts chapter 2 here, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 12, all of these talking about these gifts of the Spirit. And it wasn't really taught in 
church when I in my church growing up that I recall. And, uh, you know, and if if throughout my life, if I had heard of tongues or prophecy or any of these things, it was that stuff was for back then. Or it stopped when the canon of scripture was compiled or it died with the last apostle, or there's even those who say, Oh, it's of the devil. And so, you know, that's the only knowledge really that I had had. But when I uh, gave my life to Jesus, I would, I would run across these scriptures and just feel something stirring in me, telling me, there's more. You need to seek me for more. And uh, one day, one morning, I was I'd grown kind of frustrated over a few days. And I just I, I did the smartest spiritual thing that I'd ever done. And I, I just kind of threw my Bible down on the coffee table. And I said, OK, Lord. I feel like you're telling me that you are wanting me to seek you for these gifts. Mm-hmm. And so from right now forward, I want you to erase everything that is not of you that I've been taught. And I want you to teach me what you want me to know. And man, it, it was like just a whole new fire, a whole new world came over me within the next few weeks. And, and just, uh, it was just an amazing transformation. I had been saved. Uh, but when I, when I fully opened up and submitted, there's, there's our word submit, Mm -hmm. surrender, uh, surrendered to the Holy spirit, man, he started taking me on this into this whole new world and showing me, uh, so many things that I had never known or understood previously. Yeah. And I think it comes with, uh, you know, and my walk's kind of the same as just giving it to God. And in Acts 2, you know, we can repeat, it says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And I looked into that, and, and you know, it, it describes wind or breath. And in Hebrew, it means ruach. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to literally breathe into us this truth that we read in the word. And, you know, it is crazy to hear people say that it is from, you know, from the devil uh, or, or, you know, all these other outlandish things. Cause I mean, there's many, many mighty men and women of God that I've been around who I know are not from the devil, uh, you know, who believe in the power of the healing and, you know, uh, the, the power of the mighty power that, you know, the name of Jesus still holds that, you know, these people speaking in tongues and like, I don't know what Bible verse it is. I'm terrible at scripture. You probably can say it, <clears throat> but it's where, you know, they, these Pharisees or whatnot were saying Jesus was, you know, a demon or whatnot. And he goes, I'm not, you know, why would a house fight against its own house? You know, however it was put, man. But like, it just reminds me of those things. And once again, it's just allowing God to breathe in you. You tell that testimony there where you just kind of put the Bible down and you submitted. And I think there's moments in our life, just like a, you know, a, a, a good uh, submission match, Bret Hart and Steve Austin, where, yeah. <laughs> where the man's got to submit to win. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes God wants us to just, you know, be still and know, like, you know, Psalm 46, 10, I believe it is, you know, just be still, listen to God. He's in control. 
allow the spirit to breathe life into you, man. And it really comes with, for me, it came dude with just devoting more time to the word of God, you know, really understanding um, that the Bible was the true word of God and everything in it is this living, breathing, just weapon that we can apply to our, our spiritual lives. And, and so many tools in here, dude, like you, you know, you keep touching on first Corinthians 12, the spiritual gifts, uh, you know, these, each, each one of us have a certain spiritual gift, whatever it may be, wherever God's put us. Um, but it ultimately to me, it just comes to that submission and allowing God to breathe in that Holy spirit to breathe into you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something <laughs> just a second ago that, and I, I was about to touch on it. Um, the place, and I, I can't recall exactly where it is in the gospels, uh, but what you were talking about, about how the religious leaders were saying that Jesus was casting out demons by the power of Satan. And, yes. and he, so we need to get this and we need to, we need to think about this. The very place that those religious, that Jesus rebuked those religious leaders uh, was when, and, and he said that you can speak against me, you can speak against the father, but when you blaspheme the Holy spirit, that is the unpardonable sin. Okay. When he says that, um, then that is where the religious leaders are saying that what he is doing by the power of the Holy spirit is of the devil. So that's, that's somewhere that we really need to, people need to, before they just start saying, Oh, that's of the devil and that's of the devil and that's of the devil. They really need to think about this stuff first. I agree. I agree. And you broke up a little bit there. So I missed some of the stuff you said. So hopefully the audio will be good. The, uh, but um, I think what, <clears throat> what um, comes to mind is, you know, we're going to be, there's going to be things that we experience. Um, I have a, 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 you know, a pastor, well-known pastor. I know that's, you know, he's, he prophecies and, and prophesies and stuff like that. And some things he prophesied, six, eight months ago, didn't come to pass. And he's been, you know, kind of slandered for it. We have to come together as the body of Christ. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and when we do that, we're, we are, I guess, building each other up. So uh, I may be kind of bouncing around here, but to me, like the scripture we're talking about, I believe was in, I looked it up here um, and it's, it was in Mark somewhere around Mark three, I believe, or something, you know, it says Jesus accused of casting out demons by Beelzebub. Cause I guess that's how you say it. I don't know. Maybe slaughtering that, but we just have to remember, man, that, you know, we have to come together the body of Christ here. And, and, and once again, just allow the spirit to work in us. And, you know, there's going to be, you know, there's th- these people accuse Christ of, of, of doing wrong. Uh, even some of his, well, quote unquote followers, the disciples at the time, you know, would question him. And what did he say to Peter one time? Get behind me, Satan. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just uh, he, he was always in tune with the spirit. Jesus was because what I was reading, uh, reading a good book I've mentioned before, but it talks about at that time, Jesus was the only one who had the spirit because it hadn't he has it hadn't yet ascended. He hadn't been, right. cruci- or, you know, been crucified, ascended. He hadn't brought the spirit down to uh, dwell among the disciples. So he's the only one that literally was being kind of led by the spirit. So he was kind of teaching these disciples 
you know, right from wrong and how to uh, be guided by the spirit before they even were. Right. Uh, and, and something too that, and I know that, uh, man, this is a study that we'll, we'll probably continue on, but the, there's my understanding. There's a difference in what happened here in Acts chapter two. Uh, and because as you read on, we'll, we see that they didn't just sit in this place whenever, whenever the spirit moved on them and it says the spirit gave them the utterance and they were speaking in other tongues. They went yes. out among all of these different people who were there for the feast of Pentecost. And they, it was just a, a lot of different nationalities, different languages. And so what was happening with the disciples uh, and all of those, it wasn't just 12, but it was all of those who were, yes. who were in that place at that moment, who were filled with the Holy <clears throat> spirit and began speaking in tongues. They went out and these different nationalities, different people were hearing the gospel being preached in their own native language. Yes. And, and that's what really struck them. And this is an example of the gift of the uh, the gift of tongues and interpretation happening uh but this is uh this is to my knowledge the only place in scripture where it is where the holy spirit falls and people begin speaking in tongues and others around them were hearing their own language Right. So, you know, there's several other places and not to get ahead of ourselves, but there's several other places throughout the book of Acts uh, in uh, in Acts um, here in Acts two. Then in Acts eight says that Philip uh, went to Samaria. He preached and he the people believed. Mm -hmm. OK, and were baptized and then they called for Peter and John to go down to lay hands on them for them to receive the Holy spirit. Okay. So if you, mm -hmm. if you receive everything at the, the moment of salvation, then why did they have to, I mean, it says that they believed and were baptized. So what do you do to get saved? You believe. You believe. Yes. So, so why did they have to call Peter and John down? Okay, so, so yeah, yeah. Peter and John come down and it says that they uh, it don't necessarily say in Acts eight that they spoke with tongues, but it says that they laid hands on them and the people heard. OK, what did they hear? They had to hear something. OK, then you go on over to Acts chapter 10, where Peter is preaching at the house of Cornelius. And while he is preaching. Uh, the spirit falls on the people and they begin speaking in tongues and magnifying God. Mm -hmm. Okay. They, this crushes some of our doctrines. They had not went and knelt at any altar. They right. had, they had not been water baptized. They had not, you know, <laughs> so, yes. okay. So the first thing that is noticed by them is they start speaking in tongues and, and magnifying God. And then you go on to acts 19 
And Paul is going through Ephesus. He finds some disciples of John. He tells them about Jesus, baptizes them in water. And then when they come up out of the water, he lays hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit and begin speaking in tongues and prophesying. So uh, there's Acts 2 is the only place, to my knowledge, that it is used or that the gift where it is interpreted by others is used. Yes. In the other places here, we see that they receive the Holy Spirit, not that you don't receive the Holy Spirit when you're saved. It's just a second subsequent work of grace. And that's what's hard for a lot of people to understand. But we see that that tongues follows tongues, prophecy, magnifying God, and these gifts follow uh, people receiving the spirit after they've been saved. So what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is there's a lot of uh, people who have tried to tell me in the past, well, you know, it's only used like in Acts chapter two. If, if a, somebody is a missionary and goes to Africa and they begin speaking in these tongues and it's for another language to, to understand. Mm-hmm. Now we have that example in Acts two, and I have heard stories of, of that happening. So yes. I'm not saying that that don't happen, but I'm just saying that the other examples throughout the book of Acts does not mention anyone from other nationalities hearing the gospel preached in their own language like it does in Acts 2. So that kind of tells me that there's a difference in what is happening in Acts chapter 2 and the gift in operation and, as as I call it, and, and most, uh, the prayer language. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that there is a difference in the gift of tongues and the prayer language. I pray in tongues almost every day. Right. But I have never been used in a church setting to give a message in tongues mm-hmm. that is meant to be interpreted. So mm-hmm. that was long winded and, and I'm, I'm <laughs> humbled all over myself, but I mean, are you in the same area with me there? I am. I am. So we've, you know, I've experienced in church before where uh, growing up, Pentecostal church, obviously, you know, tongues and stuff like that, where the pastor would, or one of the elders would get up and, 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 uh, start preaching or praying in tongues or whatnot. And then at that moment, um, there would be another person that would literally come and interpret it, you know? So, um, that was always interesting for me. And I wish I could go back whatever, 20, 25 years and write all that down and like what they said. And you know what I mean? Like what the interpretation was. So that's a gift where Paul talks about like to like the speaking in tongues thing in public. Like if you are doing it, I believe I'm paraphrasing here and, and you don't have an interpreter, then don't do it per se. You know what I mean? Um, I guess that's what kind of what it talks about, but you know, he, he, he just talks about the um, you know, for me, the speaking in tongues thing is, you know, if a pastor was up preaching or my pastor was up preaching and, and it just kind of 
He's in the moment. He's you know praying or whatnot, starts speaking in tongues. It's not like he's delivering a message to us per se. He's just kind of the Holy Spirit's guiding him and leading him through that. But I have experienced the moments where the person would come up and interpret what they said. Uh, you know, for me, like you said, I do pray in tongues uh, on my own. Uh, do I get up and preach to a youth group and start spilling out tongues to them? Probably not. You know what I mean? Because I want to make sure that they understand what is being said. But, you know, you mentioned something too, where Peter, um, they went to lay hands on them uh, and, you know, to those who believed or whatnot. Now it reminds me of, I think it was Philip in the book of Acts also where the, no, no, I'm sorry. It was Peter when they were coming upon the, the blind man at the gate and or the lame, the lame beggar, maybe. Uh, yeah. So, and, and I, I was reading it the other night and it, and it said that Peter saw that he had faith. He believed. And I think that's what holds us back sometimes. And, and it's something I'm breaking barriers with. It's things that I talked to a friend about who's handling depression and sickness and all this stuff. And it's many sermons I've been listening to lately about <clears throat> just believing in the power of the Holy spirit, because I mentioned earlier that he lives in us, you know, it's nothing different than 2000 years ago. So if we believe, you know, my biggest fear was, I used to think that it, not necessarily that it was weird, but Casey, you know, you and I have talked about how I would, you know, a couple months back, I was praying for the, uh, for the Holy spirit or for speaking in tongues or whatnot. But, I, I come to realize by reading scripture, by reading acts, by talking to Dr. Brown, by talking to my pastors, that the Holy spirit was already in me, man. I just had to manifest that, have that faith that, okay, I can do this because, you know, Jesus already gave me this, bro. So yeah. uh, it was that, you know, there's small things about Peter healing the the beggar uh, because Peter saw that he had faith was like just me, you know, realizing, okay, I just got to have this faith, man, to be led by the spirit to be guided by the spirit and, you know, to, to I can speak in tongues and, and all this stuff, dude, it's already in us. Yeah. The, the same faith that saves you is the same faith that sanctifies you, that grows you throughout your walk with Jesus. And, and that's what we've always got to remember is I think uh, to a lot of people, there's some who may preach or some Christians who may act like, well, look, I speak in tongues, so I'm on another level. I'm better than mm -hmm. or yes. I, I, I've got the gift of prophecy. So I'm up here and you're just down here. And that is not at all the case. Uh, no. I want to go ahead and say uh, this conversation may be a bit overwhelming for some people who are like me, who grew up like me, who didn't have much of an understanding about this. But here's the thing that you need to remember and focus on. If you are saved by the blood of Jesus, you're on your way to heaven. You are filled with the same Holy Spirit that I am. And, and you can have everything that God <laughs> has in store for you. You're not less than just because uh, you're not called to ministry or just because maybe you uh, have, have not received uh, speaking in tongues or, or prophecy or any of these other gifts. They've not manifest in your life yet. It does not make you less than, but uh, Paul in first Corinthians 14, he says, 
for us to desire these things. He says, pursue love and desire Mm. spiritual gifts. So we need to come to the point, no matter what our denomination is, no matter what we've been taught in the past, we need to come to the point where we just say, okay, God, if, if it's of you, I want it. And, And I think that's what keeps a lot of us from receiving what God has uh, and it's a, a big thing of pride. Uh, we're, we're afraid that we'll look silly. Uh, we're, we're afraid that, you know, we won't, uh, be looked at in the same manner. I believe the biggest thing that is wrong with the body of Christ today and why so many, uh, do not believe in the gifts of the spirit for today or they won't pursue the gifts of the spirit is because it's much easier uh, to just say, well, God don't do that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead right. of laying down your pride and going after God with everything that you have. Yeah. And dude, we talk about it. The Bible is not some outdated storybook. You know what I mean? It's not, 2000 years ago, it was written. It's not like it doesn't pertain to us today. Obviously there's things in the old Testament we don't do anymore because of the atonement sacrifice that Jesus made for us. But when Jesus, and if we read the gospels and I mentioned the book of John so often, because it's probably my favorite book, he talks about sending us this advocate, this Holy spirit. And then you jump into the book of acts where the birth of the church and the, the 12 disciples, but you mentioned uh, earlier, just a rewind of a, wasn't just the 12 disciples that the spirit was poured upon. It was 120 disciples were filled. I read into that a little bit and they were filled with this fire, this tongue, this Holy spirit consumption. And dude, it's not like, if I can just kind of, I guess, beat that into the heads of, of folks, if someone's listening and they think that it's, you know, makes you silly or it's outdated or whatnot, read the Bible a little more, study the word, you know, get you a good commentary and dive into the scripture, dive into, you know, the book of first Corinthians and, and what Paul talks about. Cause you know, there's, there's a lot more back and forth that, that, you know, I couldn't probably debate on right off the bat, but <clears throat> that Paul sp- speaks of with the, with the whole tongues thing. And, and it comes down to, you know, I used to be the one who was embarrassed to pray in front of others. You know, that used to be me. Um, I used to be the one who was embarrassed to be at worship in a church and raise my hands and praise God. But now it's like, why would I be embarrassed to praise my savior who yeah. died for me? You know, it's the same thing. Why would I be embarrassed to start to try and open up to the Holy spirit, to guide me, to speak in tongues, to, to have a different prayer language, to uh, have a different gift, because I believe it's kind of that revelations three twenty verse that, you know, I'm kind of writing a sermon on right now for this youth group I'm preaching to where Jesus stands at the door and knocks, you know, to me, the Holy Spirit's constantly standing at that door knocking. And we have two choices, brother. We can open that door up and let him in and just be blessed with all these amazing gifts. Or we can keep the door shut like I do when somebody tries to solicit on my front porch, you know, selling me a product, you know, we can do that to Jesus and we are missing out on this abundant life. This, um, you know, this, this power, he literally pours into us to share the gospel, to have compassion for others, to know what love is. And, you know, just these amazing gifts that 
dude, I missed for so many years that I'm still working on, you know, it doesn't mean I'm perfect every day, but brother, like open that door up, man. And it feast. have this breakfast with Jesus, allow the Holy spirit to guide you. And that's what, that's what true happiness is about. I've bro, just like you, I've dove in the bottle. I've dove in the pills. I've dove into all these other things. Thought I was happy at the time. Thought that I couldn't live without it. Thought that being fully devoted to Christ was going to take me away from that joy. But little did I know that full devotion to Jesus, full devotion to the Holy Spirit, consuming me and guiding me is way more than any of that crap. Yeah, I guarantee it, man. Guarantee it. That's uh, I want to. I know. uh, I know you've got some plans, and and you've got a you've got a baby girl waiting on you. So. I want to. Uh, I want to. I want to wrap uh, wrap this episode up, but I just want to leave the people with some some verses of scripture to yes. go study into. Uh, Amen. So I mentioned Isaiah twenty eight verses eleven and twelve. Uh, then mm. it was prophesied by Joel in chapter two verses twenty eight and twenty nine. We'll get into that next week as we talk about Peter's sermon because he actually quotes from Joel. Uh, John the Baptist in Matthew 3.11, he says that that the one coming after him uh, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Uh, The gifts of the Spirit's talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Paul talks about it in first Corinthians chapter 14 and uh, Romans chapter eight. I want to get into that one. I want to read it real quick. One of my favorites there, brother, this uh, Romans chapter eight verses 26 and 27. I'm going to read these. Yes, sir. This is uh, for those who might would say, why, what's the point in praying in tongues? What, what really is the point? If people are not hearing, Uh, the gospel preached in another language. What is the point of a prayer language as you guys call it? Well, here's, here's my main, uh, my main uh, points on this Romans chapter eight, verses 26 and 27. It says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit is making intercession for us according to what? The perfect will of God. That's powerful. So why have a prayer language? Why desire to cultivate this prayer language? Because we don't always know what, what we should be praying for, but the Holy spirit does. And, and when we allow him to lead our prayers, whether it be in English or in tongues, he is, he is praying through us, the perfect will of God. And I've got Mm -hmm. one more and uh, you did a devotional, uh, touching on this the other day, Jude chapter one and verse 20. Yeah. Yeah. You beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy spirit. 
Yes. So when you're praying in the, in the spirit, you are building yourself up. And if you go read first Corinthians 14, that's what Paul discusses. That's what he talks about. He talks about how praying in tongues edifies. It builds up the one who is doing the praying. Right. And I got one for you too, since we're throwing scripture out, brother. And I just, just ran across it. Cause I am a love the book of Romans, Romans eight, 11. Uh, and it always, amazes me, dude. I talked to so many friends about this. Um, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. And it's always amazed me that the Bible tells me that the same spirit brother that lives, lived in Jesus, lives in Jesus, lives in me, lives in this messed up sinner who every day I have a mood swing Every day I have to face some kind of temptation, but the same spirit that lives in Jesus Christ is my savior, your savior. Uh, it, he lives in me. And that, that means, and Jesus says it too in the gospels that we will <clears throat> have the spirit in us and we will do so many miracles, obviously in his name. But when he tells you that the spirit lives in you, that, that, that to me is just amazing, brother. Amazing. It is. It's completely yes. amazing. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Not, right. a, not a, not a junior Holy spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not, not Jesus had the, the, the adult mature Holy spirit and we've got right. a junior version. No, the exact same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the exact same spirit that empowered Jesus to uh, heal the blinded eyes, to raise the dead, to do everything that he did throughout the life of Jesus. It's we have that exact same spirit. And I really hope and, and pray that the listeners out there, uh, will really start soaking this up and, and seeking because that's, that's the big thing. We, we need to seek everything that God has for us. Uh, as, as the old hillbilly said, it just keeps getting gooder and gooder. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Sounds like my dad. Is that my dad you're talking about? (laughs) Oh, man. Good stuff, man. Amen, guys. Yes. Yes. Remember that. Just always remember, man, that uh, whatever you're going through, that that Jesus, he he told us this this spirit that lives in him, it lives in us, man. And it's so real and so amazing. And uh, you have to experience it. Definitely. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Hope you yes. will share this and, uh, and let it bless others. And uh, it, it blesses us. I, I know, it does. you know, when we have these spirit led conversations, it's just, it's a blessing. We talk about things and, and we are edifying each other as well as hopefully edifying the listeners. So uh, be sure to share with your friends If you have questions, thoughts, comments, uh, wrestling for the faith at gmail.com. So there you go, guys, we love you. God bless you. And we pray that you have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thanks for listening to wrestling for the faith. We encourage you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.